The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Phenomenal Football Friday, Nick, Ken, and you here on the BetQL Network. Great to be simulcast by the studs at Stadium for the next two hours as we are each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you're watching us on Stadium right now, thank you for joining us on this Phenomenal Football Friday. And we're going to have a badass two hours coming your way and a great final hour of the show as well. 20 minutes from now, our good friend Colin Wilson stops by from the Action Network, giving us his college football bets for the weekend. 40 minutes from now, Anthony DeBundo from the Wonder Goal Podcast soccer bets for the weekend and Anthony's a stud when it comes to betting all of these leagues in Europe so can't wait to get his bets Brad Evans joins us next hour PJ Glasser joins us next hour the train leaves the station one hour from now the locomotive leaves the station Ken Barkley's entire college football card for the weekend Lochmas day five one hour from now at five o'clock eastern time and power hour final hour bets of steel for tonight in the NHL our baseball thoughts for tonight and the weekend and side and total bets for every single game coming up week seven NFL Sunday but joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity here for the next couple hours here on stadium is our good friend Sam Paniatovich you got to be following Sam on Twitter at SB shoot you got to watch Sam talk about sports betting on Nesson 
you read Sam on FoxSports.com, and you can also listen to him on the Bear Bets podcast featuring our pal Chris Felica. Sam does a great job on that show, and Sam's sports betting podcast is Chicken Dinner. We encourage everybody to check that out. Sam, big-time supporter of our show, comes on all the time. Support Sam by checking him out in his various sports betting endeavors. And again, he's on Twitter at SBShoot. And uh, we look forward to getting, among other things today in this interview with Sam, the Chuckle Game, which is now 5-2 and two on the season, laughing all the way to the bank. Sammy, my friend, welcome back to You Better You Bet with Nick and Ken. Happy Friday. How's it going? Happy Friday. Uh, still recovering from Patriots Plus 3. What a kick in the junk that was. Um, and I'm currently checking the weather in Ithaca, New York. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, oh boy. Got a lot going on there. What's uh, I'm trying to think what's another? Is Cornell in Ithaca? Yes. In Ithaca? Yes. Okay. Right yes. More Ivy League. I, just, I mean, honestly, Nick Nick might retire and just bet the NHL. Sandwiches retire bet Ivy League totals. Apparently, those just we can't we can't possibly lose. Brown going to overtime, whatever that was uh, last week. Sam, I know when we do college with you, it's usually a lot of the bets are shaped around sometimes just like your own like intuition, subjective opinion about the game, but a lot of the time shaped by information about quarterback injuries. And you're always really nice to come on and kind of tell like, what are you hearing about who's available? I think we might have a couple of those. I'm going to guess BYU Texas tech is one, just because I know Texas techs had a ton of quarterback issues the entire season, basically lost their starter in the first couple of games, BYU, Texas tech, Texas tech, about a three point uh, home favorite in the game quarterback issues here or, or just a bet. Uh, there is a quarterback issue here, and let me also tell you, I don't expect Riley Leonard to play at Duke, and uh, Musket at Virginia has a banged-up shoulder. Now, he might go. Uh, they're a 23-24 point dog against North Carolina, and then this game is the other quarterback one. I don't think Baron Morton's going to play for Texas Tech, and as you just mentioned, Kenny, Tyler Shook is already on the shelf, so this would be quarterback three, true freshman Jake Strong on the road in Provo. Good luck. Uh, I mean, the, the market's already sort of getting a whiff of this. It moved from four and a half to three. BYU catching a field goal at home. And look, the Cougars got blitzed last week, but it was like the perfect storm for TCU. They brought in that Hoover kid at quarterback. He threw for 439 and four touchdowns. I don't think Jake Strong is going to do that in his first start on the road. If he does, I'll tip my cap. But I'm going to put my money on BYU and Sataki in this dog role. He's been so good as a small home dog since he took over in 2015. I think BYU wins outright, but always I'll take the three points with the Cougars. All right, that's Sammy's uh, thought and bet for BYU and Texas Tech. Sam, I know you've got we got some quarterback stuff going on for sure, right, in this Pitt-Wake-Forest game, so give us the latest on, on what you're hearing here for Pitt and Wake and your bet here for this game coming up, uh, Pittsburgh and Wake-Forest in the ACC. There's no certainty, Nick, what's going on at Wake, but what I was told is it doesn't matter they're in trouble uh michael kern is out shoulder injury he started last week and then mitch griffiths who uh, it's been reported is in line to start tomorrow against pitt he took some big shots against virginia tech and i know for sure they've been using this kid santino marucci uh they've been running him at practice my next door neighbor he is quarterback three yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's from Queens. Uh, he's actually from Jacksonville, Florida, and I may have watched his high school film yesterday. Anyways, <laughs> the point is, Wake Forest is is in trouble offensively, and that's on top of the fact that they've averaged 13 points per game over the last three. On the other side, we get Narduzzi, defense, drywall, punts, field goals on fourth and goal from the sixth. This guy hates touchdowns. 
So when you combine all that, bad offense and field position, field goals, we get a rock fight. We get 2017. We get 23-20. We get something like that. I, I don't think there are big plays. You don't have good quarterbacks. You don't have NFL receivers. I bet under 47 on chicken dinner earlier this week. Yes, I still like it under 45 and a half. Um, I don't know who's starting at Wake, but again, I don't think it matters. Sam, uh, another game we're going to talk about. Uh, we, I have a bet on this game also, which we'll do in about an hour. And much like with uh, the Illini, which I think we talked about on the air last week, uh, we will be on the same side of this game, which is excellent. And maybe maybe you can have some updated quarterback news on Cam Rising for Utah as they go to USC. Remember USC, obviously, for people off that Notre Dame loss last week. Caleb looks terrible. Now everybody's writing pieces about how Drake May might go number one in the draft. Caleb had a like a lion doesn't concern himself with the opinions of sheep response to a question earlier today or uh, earlier this week rather uh usc laying a full touchdown now so it's been, been some interest in the trojans this was like six six and a half now seven uh hosting utah who's obviously had quarterback issues sam the entire season well let's start by saying if caleb williams thinks he's going to pry an ownership stake out of virginia mccaskey he is out of his mind that is never going to happen you know he wants to own a piece of whoever he goes to and well that's not going to happen um as for rising quickly i don't think he's going to play all season it sounds like there's a big discrepancy between what the school thinks and what the team wants and what rising's camp is thinking he's not happy how they cleared him before the opener and obviously he hasn't played yet so i i think we can forget about cam rising and if he comes in cold in this game i think that's even better um but we all watched USC give up 48 on national TV last week. And I had the under in that game 61 and there were 24 points in the fourth quarter, including a kickoff return, which sucked. But now USC goes home and it's like, they're not sexy all of a sudden. And people don't think they're that good. And how are they laying a touchdown? Well, because Utah can't move the ball. And this is a great bounce back spot for an offense that will move the ball here. Utah's good on defense. I don't think they're great. They also haven't played, any NFL quarterbacks yet. So let's pump the brakes on Utah being the 85 Bears. If Utah falls behind, too, this is the caveat. Say USC goes up 13 nothing, 17 nothing. forget it. It's over because Utah doesn't have the horses. They don't have the quarterback play. They can't score these big plays and put together long drives. Utah has to win this game 20-17, to 17, and I do not think that's going to happen here. I'm going to lay seven with the Trojans. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken. It's a phenomenal football Friday, and we're very happy to be talking college football. And we'll get to the National Football League in a second with our guest, Sam Paniotovich of Nesson, Fox Sports, and the Chicken Dinner Podcast. Sam is on Twitter at SP Shoot. All right, Sammy, let's turn it towards the professionals now and get your thought on the Rams and the Steelers coming up on Sunday in the City of Angels. So I know wise guys hit this at both the Superbook and at Circa, and it's sort of put an exclamation point on the handicap. They love the Rams this week. Um, there's a lot to like about the Rams. Cooper Cup is back, which makes life easier on Matthew Stafford. And then Puka Nakua can do his own thing on the opposite side of Cup. This was an offense, too, guys, that was passing for around 300 a game without Cooper Cup. Sean McVay's having a blast right now with, with all this offense and all the opportunities there. Then you look at Pittsburgh. They're like the Utah of the NFL. Can't score. And they win these close games at home against defeat teams. Beat Cleveland, beat Baltimore, but the AFC North is always a coin flip. I mean, any of those teams could beat any of those other teams. But now, Steelers go across the country, California, not a walk in the park here. And the Rams, look, say what you want about the Rams. They have three losses to good teams. San Francisco, 
Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and much like I expect USC to get out early on Utah, if the Rams get up a couple scores against the Steelers, that puts the pressure on Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky or whoever they have. They're all the same guy. And then also Pat Fryermuth is out for this game. He's not going to play. That's a red zone target that the Steelers really look to inside the 10-yard line. So I agree with the wise guys here. They bet it first, but I jumped on late. You can still lay Rams minus three. Sam, uh, another game that I'm excited to get your your pick on, really the game of the week. Uh, I have a strong opinion on this game. I think Nick's kind of has a strong opinion. Kind of seems like he likes the other side. This Dolphins-Eagles Sunday night game, just really, really interesting. Obviously, high leverage for standings at the end of the year. Both these teams kind of want to be the one seed in their respective conferences. Two is the favorite for most valuable player, and Jalen Hurts is like the fourth choice. Tyreek Hill's the favorite for offensive player of the year. Mike McDaniel, a guy who you bet on to win coach of the year, basically one of the co-favorites for coach of the year. So a lot going on here, and the game might be awesome too. Uh, Eagles two and a half at home and the total has gotten bet down a little bit still 51 and a half in most places but but 51 now in a couple um, and we wait for final injury reports here looks like Devontae Smith going to be good to go in this game what do we like here with the Dolphins and the Eagles Sam so I am certainly biased here if you want to ignore one of these picks I would ignore this one because there's no way I'm betting against my guy McDaniel um, I took two and a half I'm nervous about that because a lot of respected NFL guys I like are on the other side. They're on the Eagles side of things. But let me just throw a little bit of shade at Philly for a second, if I can. This offense is super janky right now, especially inside the red zone. And I went back and looked at last year. When they got inside the 20, they scored touchdowns at 68%, which is very, very good. It was top three in the NFL. This year, inside the red zone, touchdowns on 45% of their drives. That's a big drop from 68% to 45%. Not a big sample size. But Jalen Hurts has been very, very bad this year. Seven touchdowns, seven picks, and I don't think it's as simple as just flipping a switch. Like, I think this team has an identity problem right now. And they're running the ball okay, but they are not scoring touchdowns. And if you can't score touchdowns against Miami, Dolphins have the most in the NFL at 30, you are not going to win. My only concern, guys, is that Miami has played one really good team this year. Missed me with the Chargers because we know the Chargers stink. Miami went into Buffalo and got absolutely pounded. If that happens again, I wouldn't be surprised. But I am betting on the fighting McDaniels here. I need this one for my coach of the year stuff. But I really do think Miami's a better team right now. I do. It's it's amazing. My handicap and my thought on this game is exactly the same as what Sam just said, right down to like the Miami Buffalo thought as well. I feel exactly the same way as Sam. I like Miami also and can't wait to see how this goes coming up on Sunday night. Sammy, the people wait for it all week. And more importantly, Ken and I wait for it all week because, you know, we're more important than the people, even though we love our audience here. The chuckle game is now 5-2 and two after yet another cash last week. Sammy, we're ready to laugh. What is the chuckle game coming up this week in college football? And as always, please start with the rotation number. Well, I'm actually going to start with a request that, that Ken will actually text me back on Saturday. He, he never texts back on Saturday. Like, it's just me I, talking I like, to myself. I hit the thumbs ups. I do the thumbs up sometimes. I'm at soccer with my kids, Sam, honestly. Like, I wish I was watching the games like everybody else. Well, look. 309-045 this week is more important than your <laughs> soccer game, okay? It's, it's Brown Cornell. And, yes, I am hitting refresh on the weather in Ithaca, which I talked about at the beginning. 
10 mile an hour winds, not a big deal. Now, if we're talking 25, 30, that's going to affect the passing team. And we've got like 55, 60 degrees, a little bit of rain. We are going back to Brown again. And yes, it got lucky last week to go over. But let me tell you right now, when you can score and move the ball against Princeton, one of the best defenses in the FCS, you can pound Cornell. And I'm going back to this quarterback, Jake Wilcox, who in five games at Brown, has almost 2,000 passing yards. That's never happened before. Ten touchdowns. He did throw a couple picks last week. But, again, playing Princeton is like playing Utah. Like, Princeton is a defensive team. Brown and Cornell are going to get up and down the field. Brown could score 40 in this game. I say that kind of aggressively. 30 is okay. We think the total is going to open 54. And as you guys know and your audience knows, this thing is going to fly. Last week, we bet over Brown 45. It closed 51. If this opens 54-55, we're going to get it to 59, I hope. But be ready tomorrow, 10 o'clock Eastern, when these FCS lines start going. We're going to bet the over in Brown and Cornell 54-55. That's the sweet spot. Uh, I absolutely love it. And I was also, in case Ken didn't say that, I was going to just, just defend Ken a little bit. Ken definitely with his kids all day on Saturday. So, like, that's definitely yeah. what's I going watch, on I watch there. a lot of YouTube TV, YouTube TV game <laughs> recaps, condensed games, like full telecasts after the fact. That's that's my Saturday, unfortunately, at this point. Uh, we love our guy, Sam Paniotovich. He's the best. Uh, he's on Twitter, at SB Shoot. You can watch him talk about sports betting on Nessun. You can read his work on FoxSports.com. And you can also listen to him with our pal Chris Felica, the Bear Bets podcast. And Sam's sports betting podcast is Chicken Dinner. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts. My friend, wishing you the best of luck with the bets this weekend. We hope to be chuckling along to the pay window with you, and we'll talk to you next week. We own the Ivy League, boys. We own it. (laughs) I I love that. Actually, it's the elitist thing that they own it, but actually it's us. Colin Wilson up next, college football bets for the weekend. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
look, as far as Survivor, you're right. What we have is there are four games where you're really looking at the favorite. You're taking a close look. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. It's you got three uh, lines that are a touchdown or higher, and you've got one that's five and a half. In three of those four, they're division matchups, which is something we go back to. You want to stay away from division matchups. All the time. Seattle, Arizona, Kansas City, and the LA Chargers. The one that is not a divisional matchup is San Francisco on the road, favored by a touchdown. A beat-up San Francisco team. We don't know about CMC. We don't know about Debo. Yes, it's a great bounce-back spot. But I have concerns, and it's prime time on the road. We don't know the status of some of their best players on offense. So if you're looking and outside of those top we don't four, know anything about Brock Purdy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. So if you're looking outside those top four games, good luck. Everything else is a field goal or shorter. So for in my instance, I I've used Buffalo. I've used Kansas City. That was that Bears game, which helped me get through because that was a week of chaos, actually. So I didn't, I don't mind having used Kansas City already. So my, my real options are Seattle and San Francisco, and I'm leaning heavy Seattle. More and more we see of the Cardinals, it seems like this is the three-and-a-half win total team that we all talked about in the offseason. And now you've got Kyler Murray back at practice. Is he really taking reps away from Joshua Dobbs? That would be insane to me. Um, They show up. They fight. They show up for a half, sometimes three quarters. But going to Seattle, Seattle coming off a loss, probably a game that they should have won, the way they were able to limit that Bengals offense – even though it's a divisional matchup, I do like Seattle a whole lot. And I don't think many people have used them yet. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Courtesy of the call goes to our friends at Peacock there. You know the Kyle McCord, Marvin Harrison, Ryan Day in Ohio State. 
Let's be running it up against Penn State this weekend in one of the marquee games in college football. Colin Wilson from the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast will join us in just a second to uh, talk about that game and more coming up this week in college football. Anthony DeBundo coming up in 20 minutes talking soccer. Brad Evans and P.J. Glasser next hour. The locomotive leaves the station 40 minutes from now. All of Ken Barkley's plays in college football this weekend. We look forward to that. And look, we'll talk about this coming up in the final hour of the show. But for our live audience, and like I asked, Ken, and like, I think the board is remaining static right now. Just want to read this injury information in the Eagles-Dolphins game. Eagles injury report, the final one is out. Um, Lane Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, Jalen Carter, Darius Slay, all important players are all off the injury report. All are going to play on Sunday night for the Eagles as they host the Miami Dolphins. So the market holding right now, Philly still under a three-point home favorite on Sunday night. The spread is two and a half. Two and a half. If we get any movement there, we will bring it to you. But again, Lane Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, Jalen Carter, Darius Slay, all going to play on Sunday night for the Eagles against the Miami Dolphins. And with that, we welcome in our good friend Colin Wilson to give us some college football bets for the weekend. Uh, Colin is one of our favorites. He's been coming on with us since 2019. He supports us. Support him and check out his uh, college football betting podcast, College Sports Betting Podcast. It's Big Bets on Campus featuring other friends of our show, Brett McMurphy and Stucky. Find it wherever you find your podcasts. Colin's written work can be found at the Action Network, and he is on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Friday. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. I can't believe we're already into week eight of college football, just in time for some action about to come up in two weeks. Yeah, I wasn't going to start with action, but I guess we could do that if we wanted to. Maybe in a couple weeks when we have you on, we'll, uh, we'll start with that, obviously. T- Tuesday night football back, although we've had weeknight games this week. I know a lot of people have been enjoying that. And Colin, when we had you on on Friday last week, you had a, a kind of a, a clairvoyant opinion. And we were talking about this a lot on our show, too, just like the Heisman market might re- really kind of dramatically shifted as a result of what's going to happen with that Washington-Oregon game last Saturday. And it did. And Washington won. And now Michael Penix Jr. is a, a huge favorite. We don't talk about the Heisman with you every single week when we have you on, but we have like a a really big move like this. I think a lot of people are kind of just wondering, basically, like, is this done? Like, okay, like, Penix beats Oregon. He's minus to win the Heisman. Caleb Williams looks really bad. Like, are we done here? I don't think we are, but I kind of want your opinion on this, too. Just how do you think the Heisman's going to play out here, even just for the next couple weeks? We we definitely are not done. I mean, go back to recent history with the Pac-12 and getting to the college football playoff. I mean, they haven't been represented since 2016 with Washington. So if you, you know, kind of go with that line of thinking, the Pac-12 generally cannibalizes itself. And if you cannibalize yourself out of the college football playoff, it's a good chance for a quarterback to cannibalize himself out of winning the Heisman. And, you know, I, Washington is going to be favored every game from here on out. Um, they have to win from here on out. And I think what that leads to is that I think you can get Washington plus 250, plus 300 out there to win the Pac-12. That is a much better ticket than Michael Penix. At minus 150, wrote a piece out there for Action Network this week in case anybody wants to go look about should you be buying the player or should you be buying the team? Right now, the two players that have better odds, better chance, better schedule, and Heisman moments coming up is going to be J.J. McCarthy at 10 to 1 for Michigan and Carson Beck, who I believe you can find 35, 40 to 1 out there. But both of their teams really are waiting to have big moments in the Heisman race. While the Pac-12 is about to embark on this crazy, uh, you know, just crazy week after week after week after dark, uh, knocking each other out. So uh, the better bet for Michael Penix is for Washington to win the conference. The best bet for the Heisman is on J.J. McCarthy and Carson Beck. 
Uh, uh, McCarthy right now is 10 to 1, as Colin said, at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Carson Beck, 30 to 1 right now to win the Heisman Trophy. All right, Colin, let's get to some games coming up this weekend, and we'll start with the big game in the Big Ten with Ohio State and Penn State. Buckeyes, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The total's 45-and-a-half. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this game, Colin. I know our audience is uh, excited as well. Ohio State and Penn State, what do you got? Yeah, first half under is the bet. If you go back and look at all of the recent history in this game, they never get more than 10 points in the first quarter. And if you look at the coordinators, that's really what they want to do. They Neither of them want to take shots downfield. Penn State has zero explosiveness this season, whether that's uh, because of function or execution or they don't believe in their players or they've been holding off film. I don't expect any haymakers to be thrown in this game until – Fourth quarter, maybe the third quarter. You know once there's a two-score lead, they're going to start amping up the explosive plays or at least the attempts. Right now, Penn State has – they've allowed Drew Aller to throw beyond 20 yards 11 times this season. It's not that he can't do it. And, and really, I mean, I love him to win the Heisman, but they have really put the, the, you know, the handcuffs on him as far as taking explosive shots. The running backs have not been able to generate more than three yards per carry uh, after contact. So I don't know where the explosiveness is for Penn State. That's not going to show up in the first and second quarter here. Ohio State is going up against the best defense they'll see all year. Kalen King and Johnny Dixon are the best corners in college football. They're going to be able to, uh, you know, double coverage Marvin Harrison. We've got so many injuries on the Ohio State side. I can't even name them all because we don't have enough time. So many injuries, especially on defense with Denzel Burke at corner, where Penn State should have some success. So I expect a slow grind in the beginning. I expect Haymakers to come in the second half whenever we have a two-score lead with one of the other teams. So I say first half under, I, don't, I think 23 is out there. 22 and a half or lower, I would, I would bet it less. Colin, there are other like really important games with like two good teams playing each other. But I, I want to ask you about Michigan, Michigan State, just because I think for a lot of people that listen to the show and sports fans, Michigan has been such a huge story this week with, and again, whether you think it's overblown or not, like, you know, the uh, the investigation into potential like scouting of signals for other teams, like sign stealing, which is usually something we obviously hear about in baseball it can happen in college football, too. And there's like a ton of backstory to it. But just, you know, Michigan's kind of really in the spotlight right now. And this is heading into a rivalry game for them, which has usually been, you know, like pretty tight in a lot of situations, but is not expected to be very competitive this year. Michigan on the road at Michigan State is currently still a 20, despite the accusations, despite all that stuff, not like it should matter, a 24 point road favorite with a total of of 46 if you want to react to the harbaugh and, and side stealing thing you can otherwise just what are we going to do with this game michigan just beating people up the last couple weeks please i mean i mean this whole stealing signs and the guy taking himself off twitter and he's suspended but he's still getting paid i got news for everybody everybody's stealing signs everybody is stealing signs i mean i mean just because you got caught that just sloppiness on your part uh to get under investigation but everybody is stealing signs from the other side it's just not talked about that very much but you know, in this game, the number is way too high. I, I remember being on this show a few weeks ago, and we saw Arizona State, and I said, I don't know if I could take Arizona State, but it's 10 points above what I power rated against USC. And this is one of those kinds of games. This is a number where I make it 19, and at 24 and a half, we've crossed too many key numbers. And Michigan State at least has a pulse on defense. Like, they should have won against Rutgers. Uh, the players have not quit. I think that's what we kind of get into. We're week eight. We are really close to getting the part of the season where teams just give up. Like Southern Miss, done. They're not going to win a game or cover a game for the rest of the year because they're checked out. Michigan State has not checked out whatsoever. And then when you flip over to the Michigan side, it's, you know, it's like, who have they played? 
115th is your strength of schedule when you look at the list of teams. That doesn't mean that they're not good. It doesn't mean that they're not going to contend for the national title. But you should not be a 24-and-a-half-point favorite in a rivalry game against a Michigan State team that is full of kids that if they're still playing hard, you know, under D'Antonio and under, uh, you know, the current regime that they have there, they're going to show up here for this game. It's just way too many points. 24-24-and-a-half is what you got to get on this party. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. It's a phenomenal football Friday, and we're talking college football for the weekend with our friend Colin Wilson from the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast. He's on Twitter, at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. Uh, Colin, we talked about the Pac-12 to kind of start, right? And maybe this is a league that's going to cannibalize itself. Now, USC losing last week to Notre Dame, and the Trojans looking to bounce back this week against the Utah Utes. Uh, Caleb Williams and USC, a touchdown favorite. The total's 52-and-a-half. How are you betting, if at all, USC and Utah? Utah. Well, I would like to say all summer that Caleb Williams is not going to win the Heisman Trophy. And I would like to reiterate what I said all like back last March. Was that Caleb Williams is not winning the Heisman Trophy. He has been awful. Nine big time throws, 13 turnover worthy plays. He's throwing balls from one foot, sidearm. He thinks he's Patrick Mahomes at every single throw. He's not. Uh, he struggles against cover three and cover one, which is what he's going to see a lot out of Utah. I, I know the reason that this is themed. I mean, Utah is just so inept on offense. I mean, we just don't know where they're going to get points from. They have a hard time stringing drives together. They run that single RPO, out, you know, without Cam Rising. None of us know when Cam Rising is coming back. Um, so Nate Johnson is the one who's going to get the call here. And, and what that tells me is that Utah and Kyle Whittingham, they want to make this a ground game. They want to go up against USC's rush defense, which is a really great decision because USC's rush, rush defense has been terrible. And when you do that, I mean, you look at all the mobile quarterbacks that USC has gone up against. Siobhan Cordero for San Jose State had 72 yards. Shador Sanders had 76 yards running and a touchdown. Arizona's backup. Like, what, a couple weeks ago, Noah Fafita? He had 30 yards scrambling on the ground. So I think it's a great decision by Utah to use their dual-threat quarterback, not Bryson Barnes, to use Nate Johnson to run the quarterback position and attack that weakness on USC. I'm just casually waiting here. I'll take a a 7.5. I I will happily take a a 7.5. We'll see if the steam knocks it up a little bit. Um, USC, I I mean, I know they're undefeated in Pac-12 play, but, man, I think Caleb Williams has completely checked out of the season. Colin, there there are other games with ranked teams and stuff, but I, I have to ask, we haven't spent any time on this game and like actually kind of a historic betting market this weekend for people who haven't been paying attention. Iowa and Minnesota are going to play a game on Saturday and people have started talking about Iowa. They've gained some buzz as like a team that if you look at their schedule, like could go 11 and one, they probably play, you know, Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State in the Big Ten title game and they probably lose, but they could get to that point and it would be kind of like a pretty crazy season given that they like don't score very much and people can kind of look into what's going on with their offensive coordinator and these incentives. They will play a game, Iowa, on Saturday against Minnesota in which the current market is Iowa by three and a half. That's not the crazy part. And the total of the game is 30 and a half open to 31 and a half and bet down. Like, I don't know what the total was when like Harvard and Yale played in 1897 or whatever, but this is like a kind of a historic betting market. It's really wild to see this. Do you have any bets in this? Like what advice would you give to people about a game? We don't see very often a game where one team is favored by three and a half and the total is 30 and a half. What about Iowa and Minnesota? I, I listen, this is going to be embarrassing if it doesn't hit, but I don't care. I, you got to take the over in this game. I mean, I do, I mean, I make all my own totals. My totals are based upon pace, the success rate, finishing drives, uh, net yards per play. I mean, everything. It's just this huge formula that takes everything in. And I got it at 33 and a half. So, I mean, the margin isn't that huge, 
But I think the most fun you could have tomorrow is laying an overbet in this game. And, you know, you kind of look at the advanced analytics, like how do they get there? Well, I can't make a case for Minnesota getting there. They're going to run the ball a lot. I was really good at stopping the run. But, you know, if, if Ethan Kaliak-Manis decides that he wants to throw the ball, he's not been very good at, like, dodging the defenders. And, and you know, Iowa right now is the number one coverage team per PFF. Um, you know, they don't allow any big plays, and they, they have a lot of havoc. I mean, the, the defense and the special teams can absolutely – score some points here. I mean, Minnesota's no slack in special teams either. They're 20th in SP plus special teams. Iowa's 10th in SP plus special teams. And that is something that a lot of people don't handicap is like, yeah, these defenses are better than the offenses. The offenses are dreadful. But when you're punting from your own end zone and you're giving field position at the 40, I mean, it's not that hard to score a point. I, there just comes a certain point, even with these service Academy games, I always tell everybody I'm going to be on the over with Navy army. Okay. I mean, it's just too low. It's just, you get to a certain point where it's like, all you have to do is like flinch on special teams and you can get over the total. So count me in for going over at 30 and a half. 31 is where I would stop buying the over. Uh, Colin, we have about a minute to go here. Any other bets could be a big game, could be a small game. Anything that you like this weekend that we have not yet talked about coming up in college football, please, in about one minute. Yeah, I mean, I do like Colorado State to upset UNLV. UNLV is one of the worst in the nation at defending explosive plays. That's all Colorado State is. They they have some so many explosive wide receivers there, and I expect them to to be able to throw all over them. Uh, keep your eyes on Kansas State against TCU. TCU runs a very light box, a three three five stack, and they're going to go up against brand new freshman Avery Johnson, quarterback for Kansas State. If you've not got your eyes on this kid, he is electric, and I expect Kansas State who is uh, soaring right now to run all over TCU. Um, by the way, Hoover is the quarterback for TCU is going to have some problems with the coverage at Kansas State shows. Um, I think if we had to go a little bit deeper, um, I, I do know that I, I'm trying to think of another game before we get out of here. Uh, I, I do like San Diego State under, so I will say that. Nevada had a really hard time scoring points doing anything on offense, so I do like the Mountain West under there. Colin, we have about 10 seconds to go here for this answer. I was told you had an Oscar betting thought for us. I went to Killers of the Flower Moon last night. I was really worried about this movie overtaking Oppenheimer in every category. I'm not so worried about it anymore. I'm adding to Robert Downey Jr. to win Best Supporting Actor. I'm adding to Killian Murphy winning Best Actor. And I'm adding to Oppenheimer as the Best Picture. But uh, Lily Gladstone, she's going to win Best Supporting Actress for Killers of the Flower Moon. She's out there at 3-1 to one right now, so get your money. He's what a legend. Wrestling bets, yeah. Oscar bets, d- knows everything about every single college football game that's going to happen this weekend. Bets the NFL, college baseball, college hoops. The absolute best is our friend, Colin Wilson. You got to check him out on the Big Bets on Campus podcast. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts. You can check out his written work over at the Action Network, and you can follow him on Twitter at underscore Colin1. My friend, we sincerely appreciate the time. Good luck with all the bets this week. We will catch up with you next week here on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Our our friend Colin Wilson, the killers of Oscar that Oscar thought. Yeah, how great yeah, is that? I'm going. I'm going to see it. Killers of the Flower Moon uh, next week, hopefully. So, but uh, now I don't know hopefully if I want to after what he just said. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully you blocked out nine hours for it. Uh, Anthony Debundo up next. Soccer bets for the weekend. We'll be right back with you. Better you bet. Presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the Bet QL Network.
look, as far as Survivor, you're right. What we have is there are four games where you're really looking at the favorite. You're taking a close look. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. It's you got three uh, lines that are touchdown or higher, and you got one that's five and a half. In three of those four, they're division matchups, which is something we go back to. You want to stay away from division all matchups. the Buffalo, time. Seattle, Arizona, Kansas City, and the LA Chargers. The one that is not a divisional matchup is San Francisco on the road, favored by a touchdown. A beat up San Francisco team. We don't know about CMC. We don't know about Debo. Yes, it's a great bounce back spot, but I have concerns. And it's prime time on the road. We don't know the status of some of their best players on offense. So if you're looking outside of those top... Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Everybody get your tickets ready. Stand behind the yellow line. The locomotive is getting set to enter the station. We are 20 minutes away. Do the noise. Doot, doot. That's <laughs> a ter- terrible locomotive noise, but the locomotive will. <laughs> it was well. Hopefully, well. Th- thankfully, we're not sitting next to each other. Then uh, we are twenty minutes away from the locomotive entering the station for Ken's entire college football card for the weekend. We look forward to that. Brad Evans will also join us in hour number three, and uh, you'll hear the glass. And it'll be your bookie's ass one hour from now as PJ Glasser from the BetQL Network stops by. All our bets for tonight and all our thoughts, side and total, for Week 7 NFL Sunday coming up in the final hour, the power hour of the show. But right now, 
Let's talk some soccer. And to do that, we welcome in one of our favorites here on You Better You Bet. And that is our friend. And I'm jealous of him. He's a big Philadelphia Phillies fan. And, like, I'm jealous as a Yankee fan. I wish that my team were still around right now and having fun the way that the Phillies are right now, even despite the walk-off loss in uh, in Game 3 last night to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Anthony is on Twitter, at Anthony DeBundo. You got to check out his soccer betting podcast. He supports us, so support him. Check out the Wonder Goal podcast, wherever you find your podcasts. And Anthony's written work can be found at the Action Network. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? Yeah, the international break came at a perfect time for my Phillies fandom to go into overdrive during these playoffs. So it's been fun, and uh, I got the chance to watch a good number of the games international break. You know, we've got one more before most of the European field will be set for next summer's Euros. So that's exciting. Some teams have already booked their spots. Some teams are a little in danger. So it's going to be really fun the next month, and then we'll get the playoff and we'll get the draw December, early December this year. So we're going to be having groups pretty soon. Yeah, and, and international soccer tournaments during the summer are always a lot of fun. I, I was reminded the other day that this time last year we were like literally gearing up for the World Cup to start in a couple of weeks, like a fall World Cup. I like seems like it's like some kind of weird fever dream, but like no, it actually happened, and we're back to like conventional international soccer tournaments starting next summer, as as Anthony says. And so, okay, tell us uh, like from a betting standpoint, you said you watched a lot of the matches, also watched some Phillies baseball, but but watched a lot of the matches. Um, are there you know, mar- I'm guessing markets are open on team to win the tournament, maybe even some ancillary stuff. Should we be betting? anything right now or at least like frame how we should look at that euro tournament coming up yeah i'm really intrigued about germany now so the story of germany right they win the 2014 world cup and then in 2018 they crash out of the world cup early in the euros in 2021 uh they were minutes away from being knocked out of the group by hungary uh after a really poor performance against france and hungary alike and so they barely escape from that they get pounced uh, beat pretty bad by england and then they go to the world cup last year and get knocked out losing to japan uh, and and not getting out of the group again. So Germany has had some some bad variants, but they've had one common thread, which is their transition defense has been super vulnerable for, for multiple seasons, multiple cycles, and they never really solved it. They had multiple managers, whether it was Jerky Lowe, who won the World Cup, and then they fired him. They hired Hansi Flick, who used to manage Bayern. He couldn't really solve the problem. They kept taking these bizarre losses, and, and so Flick is out, and they brought in Julian Nagelsmann, a manager who... Uh, you know, has managed at the highest levels. He managed Bayern. He managed Leipzig. Uh, you know, widely regarded as one of the best young managers in the world. The question is, can he solve the problem? Because the attacking talent is as good as any team in the world. And they're, on paper, if you just list out who they have, whether it's, you know, Leroy Sané, Serge Gnabry, Jamal Musiala, Florian Wertz, like they have attacking players to outscore and outplay anybody in the world. But can they solve the possession problems that they've had. And I think Nagelsmann might be the guy to do it. I have a lot of faith in him. He did it at Bayern with similar players. He made the similar midfield work. So it's it's hard to pull off in international because uh, you don't get as much practice time and training time together. But not, they're the third favorites. They're hosting the Euros next year. They're going to get a favorable group. Uh, you can find them as high as 7-1. to one. So I'm tempted by betting Germany right now. I think this might be time to finally come back on the Germans to uh, to make noise. And my favorite umlaut of all time would be the last name was Low for the last Germany coach who won the World Cup, and it was the umlaut over the O, and L O W somehow became Jürgen Löw. 
Yeah. Would, like, love to, would love to like love to like what was his deal he would like pick his nose and then like put his hands in his mouth or like yeah. scratch his armpits and smell his fingers it was like he was weird also he won a world cup so god bless him right. uh anthony we'll gross. get to the games coming up <laughs> he was gross we'll get to the games coming up in a second here if you'd be so kind because i know you wanted to say something about england also give us like 30 seconds on england and what and like the, who beat italy the other day um thoughts on england and then we'll get to the games coming up this weekend here give us 30 seconds on the english Look, I mean, England had a really good World Cup, and they I know they went out on penalties to France because of, uh, you know, Harry Kane missed a pen, uh, and they went out because of a missed pen to, to France, but they're a very, very good team, and they're now the favorites to win. And Gareth Southgate has been criticized for his passivity and his unwillingness to take chances. They're kind of the opposite of Germany, where they're going to say, we want to win every game one nothing, not take chances in possession, be very solid defensively. If they sort out the center back issues, Jude Bellingham being inserted into this team and taking the leap as, into, like, one of the best players in the world could be enough with, I mean, we know that the talent on paper, Bellingham could be the piece that connects it all and makes it work and finally puts them over the top. That being said, as the favorite, I don't think I can bet them uh, at the current number. So maybe they take a couple losses, we can get a better number, but uh, don't see myself backing England uh, at the next tournament because I thought we'd get a better number. But if you look at it, like Italy's kind of down, Spain's in questions, the Dutch have some problems, Belgium's kind of at the end of their era. So there's some problems with the second tier of teams. So, Anthony, that was England at the international level. Now we can do England at the club level, which is what the picks that usually come on when it come on on Fridays with us. The Premier League's back. We have a lot of matches to kind of go over here. Uh, Liverpool-Everton looks like the first match that you want to talk about. Liverpool find themselves currently uh, fourth in the table in the Premier League. What do we like here? Look, I mean, it's 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 pretty square at this point. Like, you know, I've talked about this on our show, and, and both teams to score in the first half has been at least plus 180 in every match that Liverpool has played this season in the Premier League. Uh, and it is cashed in eight of their nine league matches, and the only clean sheet they had came against Aston Villa. So they have been pretty bad defensively, and the market just isn't really downgrading their defense that much. Uh, and I also am buying a lot of what Everton has offensively right now. At the beginning of the season, they had some real problems because they're attacking uh, forwards were all injured, but Dan Juma has come into the team. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is healthy right now. They signed Beto from Udinese. All of them are getting four shots per 90, which is really good production for forwards. Decore has been stepping into the midfield, doing a really nice job getting a couple shots a game, high-quality chances. And Liverpool has had major problems defensively. Andy Robertson is down now with an injury. Uh, Curtis Jones is going to miss this match. So there are some real red flags here, and Jurgen Klopp keeps complaining about this this early turnaround that they keep getting stuck with. They have the early kickoff after the international break when a lot of the Liverpool players are traveling, coming in late. They get one training session usually on Thursday or Friday before the match early Saturday. So it's a tough turnaround for Liverpool. I would look toward Everton here, uh, and I and I think you just play the both teams to score first half plus 280 and, and laugh as, as it probably cashes again because this Liverpool team keeps sleepwalking through games. They keep getting away with it because they have so much talent and attack, but... Uh, it's a flawed way of playing, and Everton very quietly putting up extremely good XG numbers, over two in three of their last five games. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday, getting soccer picks for the weekend with our friend Anthony DeBundo from the Wonder Goal podcast on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. Anthony, we I think we want to hit like four more games here and only have about four and a half minutes to go. So if you could, maybe like 30 to 45 seconds on each. Let's go to Chelsea and Arsenal. Chelsea, winners of three straight in all competitions, hosting Arsenal, currently a tie to top the table with Tottenham. We'll get to your Tottenham Hotspur in a little bit. What about Chelsea and Arsenal from the bridge? 
Yeah, so from a side perspective, you have to wait and see a little bit on the injury news. I do like the under 2.5 either way, minus 110. Uh, Kai Osaka and William Saliba, both questionable for Arsenal. If they're both out, I actually have this pretty close to a coin flip game, so would look toward Chelsea, but did bet the under 2.5. This is all about Arsenal's attack. They are uh, half about average in the league in XG4. It's pretty bad. Chelsea is 7th in XG4, but they've played the weakest schedule of opposing defenses in the league. So major questions about both attacks. Just think this Chelsea defense continues to be undervalued. So look to the under in this one and, and maybe play some Chelsea depending on injury news tomorrow. Anthony, uh, Man City and Brighton. I feel like we do Brighton like every week when you have you on. And they're such an interesting team. I always look at the table and see them like next to the contending teams we're used to. Uh, they play Man City, obviously a formidable task. Uh, what do you like here? This is like the most painful bet you'll ever find. And it's a Brighton <laughs> under three and a half. Uh, like they go over every game. If you just want to, the squarest bet on earth is just bet the Brighton over every week. Doesn't matter what the total is, what the price is. Do they just go over? They score a dumb amount of goals. They concede a lot, but they've made some real changes very quietly under the hood last week in their in their draw with Liverpool. Made some real changes to be more defensive. A Dingra at right winger, uh, Soli March at left back, and this new guy Carlos Baleba, who they signed from uh, French club Lille. He really made a difference in their defensive midfield presence. That was the key. They gave up six goals two weeks ago. Deserby said we can't do that every week. So they kind of dialed it back a little bit. I think we're going to see more of that this week. And City, very quietly, the least efficient team in the league at turning final third touches into box touches. Why? I think a lot of that has to do with just not really being able to replace De Bruyne's absence. All right, we have about two minutes here. Under three and a half with Man City and Brighton. Man City just third in the table right now. It's kind of weird to see them, like, not first or at least second. Uh, Arsenal is atop the table, tied with Tottenham Hotspur, uh, Anthony's team. Uh, Tottenham playing Fulham this weekend. Uh, what are you doing here with Spurs and Fulham? Yeah, so Monday night football. This is a really difficult matchup because what do we expect from Fulham's attack at this point? Because they had a really good showing against Sheffield United two weeks ago just before the break. But again, you know, Sheffield, worst defense in the league. They put up some good numbers, but they're getting ridiculously unsustainable production from 35-year-old Willian. I didn't think uh, you had that on your bingo card at the beginning of the season. Uh, they don't have a striker right now who can really carry the line. So as as inconsistent as Spurs have been defensively, I, I do like the under here. I think this has gotten a little too high. It's getting as high as 325 in the market. Asian handicap, I do like the under there too. So combination of unders and overs for me this weekend. It, it should be a fun one. What what would be like the British version of Chris Stapleton? I can feel it calling in the air tonight for a little Monday Night Football. Uh, Anthony, let's close with our favorite. Where in the world is Anthony DeBundo? Give us give us a bet in any of the, the top European leagues this week. We have about 35 seconds left for the answer. Yeah, let's go to Wolfsburg. I don't think my German's very good, but Wolfsburg, Germany. It was pretty good. Yeah, so every year there tends to be an early season team who really surprises in Germany. Sometimes it's Leipzig, sometimes it's Dortmund, sometimes it's Leverkusen. And this year it's Leverkusen. They have won every match but one, which they tied. They have they are atop the league, and everybody's doing the, well, can Leverkusen win the league conversation? And it's the perfect time to sell on a team that I was buying at the beginning of the year, but now think is very overinflated. Still some major defensive issues, especially on set pieces. They are a minus 140 road chalk against a pretty good Wolfsburg team. I think they're overvalued, so I took some Wolfsburg to win or draw plus 115 in that one. We uh, we Yogi love when Anthony comes on the show because he's awesome. Betting betting soccer with us, whether it's your thoughts on the Euro next year, Bundesliga, the English Premier League, he's the best. At Anthony DeBundo on Twitter, you got to check out his soccer betting podcast, Wonder Goal, and uh, his written work over at the Action Network. My friend, really appreciate you coming on. Good luck to your Phillies, my friend. Hashtag Red October, and we'll talk to you soon. I'll be dancing on my own. Ha, 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 ha.
Bundo joining us here on you. That's a good line. Joining us here on You Better, You Bet. All right, hour number three coming up next here on this phenomenal football Friday. The train is almost getting set to leave the station. Locomotive coming up next. Ken's entire college football card for the weekend. We'll be right back with You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.